Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior. Amen. A modern world with the spirit of innovation and mass production has its own frustrations that come with it. So we've adopted a few phrases that are quite common about making our lives easier. I'm sure you know them well. To the rapid technological advances, the lingo is plug and play. No more worries about compatibility issues with whatever, whatever device you got. To the mass production of media, there's the good old saying, cut and paste. No more worries or hassles over sharing anything these days. You can do it with the click of a button. No more typing it out, right? To the consumer world, also comes that recent sales pitch, probably the least known, but maybe you've heard it. The sales pitch is easy peasy. No more time wasted with manuals or assembly. Just use the product. With all these things done to free us from the burdens of a modern world, you have to wonder what to do with Lent. Christianity has no easy way to spruce up this time of the year, this season, or repackage the meaning of it. Lent deliberately goes, as you just sang, in the way of suffering. St. Mark sets the turning point of Jesus' ministry at the end of chapter 8 that you heard today, which is the middle of his gospel account. Sixteen chapters and right in the middle is the turning point you hear today. Peter makes his great confession, you are the Christ. Jesus, Jesus immediately fills that word with substance and tells and reveals his first passion prediction of going to the cross. And after that, a rebuke by Peter to Peter that comes tied with a new slogan to hear. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There is no plug and play with Jesus in your life, but the course marked out with horizons in him that frankly defies the world. So the things of man always want to plug and play with life. Denial of self is never in the picture for any of us. Peter wanted to fit Jesus into the glory he saw fit. But it came wrapped up, as you know, with great deception all over the place. Paul later puts this natural inclination of men and the deception that we so easily fall into. He tells Timothy these words, for people will be lovers of self. If cherishing our lifestyle means celebrating blessings that go with it, like health, wealth, happiness, and hobbies, and whatever else you want to throw in there, what parts have become too good to give up for the sake of Christ? Also applied to all his disciples as he was speaking to the whole crowd of disciples together. We could even ask a broader question. 
What selfish aspects hold back this very church where we are the body of Christ here at Zion? Taking up crosses is a bit too much baggage. The natural is to avoid any kind of sufferings, maybe ignore the festering pain, or even blame the burden on somebody else. This is what the priests and the Levite could have tried to do. You know the parable of the Good Samaritan. You don't hear much of what they have to say, but they could have said something like, well, I mean, the guy didn't really ask me for any help. Crosses are more than simply getting over a sickness or dealing with a mishap of breaking the law, having to face the penalties that come with that in life. Beyond alleviating suffering, it especially means then making a sincere confession of Christ when shame and persecution are at the door of your life. To follow Jesus removes everybody else. And that's what Lent kind of does, right? It clears a path so that in the end you fix your eyes only on Jesus any kind of following today, as you know, is crafted to meet our natural desires, cost and benefits kind of stuff. Not force, but incentives have become the key for military service, schools, possibly maybe considering living together mentality, you name it. No plug and play option compatible with the words follow me. Anything else is a dead end. And St. Paul makes it very clear even to the church. He told the Corinthians, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Our natural resistance to suffering requires the Lord to pull us in the right direction as he gives the gospel to go forward in that way. And so the things of God always look to the horizons of life promised in Christ Jesus. God's purpose is salvation, more glorious than whatever we could make of ourselves. So whatever someone wants to say to you about you at a funeral doesn't really matter. Jesus wants to do something much more grand for all of us. Peter tried to muscle himself, of course, out of the cross, but Jesus would prove to be the better Savior for Peter. Picking ourselves up by the bootstraps, very American thing to do, is not the gospel. It's just another false Larry fixated on self. We're going to make it happen. Baptism has provided a lifestyle that is a gift, rich with benefits, having died and risen with Christ and his selfless sacrifice that covers everything that literally pulled us out of being drowned with running away with suffering. He just pulled you right into it, killed you, and made you alive in a whole new way. This redemption from self now moves outward. And as a professor from our sister seminary, we have a sister seminary in Canada. 
and that seminary is called. And as a professor there writes, we are not to be parasites, sucking life out of the world, but rather to go into the world with the life-giving gospel. It's not about beating yourself up, of course, for salvation's sake, but glory of a new horizon toward life built on service that looks to Christ all your day, every step of the way, on the days when you can see blessings flow out from crucifying the self or other days where you didn't do it in selfishness and there Jesus just keeps pulling you along by a better word of forgiveness. Taking up crosses is baggage built on trust that God will bring the greater blessings. There is no quick fix, no shortcut, no passing the buck to lighten the burden, but an honest appraisal to what we must bear in this life. It can be from generation to generation. It can be about being a man versus a woman. It can be about all different kinds of things. But this heaviness also has a comfort that comes alongside it. For Christ has said, you know it well, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, I'll give you rest, a Sabbath. Failure only drives us to God's forgiveness and proves we don't need to win with crosses. Only carry them with a greater hope for us that's alone in Jesus. Luther says it quite well about bearing crosses. Do you therefore not it, but rather take it up as a holy relic? Remember, back then everybody bought relics to make them feel good about God, right? And so you bought all this really fancy, wonderful things, and it funded the churches and all this stuff, but it made you feel good because, you know, you had something to really cling to for peace and comfort. But Luther says, take up your cross as a holy relic, kept not in a golden or silver case, but in a golden heart that is one imbued with gentle love. Gentle love that after Peter's rebuke, Jesus would go to the cross, wouldn't he? And he would suffer all of the things of Peter and still speak good news to him on the third day. The following of Jesus is unlike anybody else because he already endured it all for us. He's already proven he's not the one over us telling us this is the way it is. He's the one that come up and under us saying, I've already satisfied everything so you can follow me. You'll get a clue as you follow me how much I care for you. The cost and benefit analysis of the gospel is God's greatest gift that defies the world. St. Paul explains it well. You heard it today. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Following Christ wherever he goes for us to believe and live in by his holy word and sacrament. None need to be ashamed of confessing Jesus 
for his life prevails over our lives. And so whatever the loss, there's always gain. This modern world longs for the easy way to manage already, frankly, frustrated lives. Has the answers made life any easier before God? Do these things of men even go so far to write Christ and his cross out of the picture? Lent is a crash course, 101, on life. And finally, the things of God. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. Thoughts of denial and following. But there's also something else with Lent. God gives us the promise that you'll have the right to finally laugh. So every Sunday, you must know, is not part of the 40 days of Lent. If you've never heard that, take it to heart today. Resurrection and salvation do prevail over this present world. So there is no more need to plug and play with Jesus and your life. But the course marked out with horizons in him, it does truly defy the world. And what a wonderful place it is to be with Jesus. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.